And also, food is just the beginning. Uh, Green Monday is more than just plant-based food. We are trying to ultimately become the catalyst of a sustainable world. Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saber. Hi, my name is Jerry Saver, and you're listening to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show, the podcast where I interview the people creating a plant-based future. And that means CEOs and startup founders with disruptive ideas, investors driving the growth, but also people behind established businesses that are challenging the status quo and our dependence on animal products across all sectors. The overall mission of this show is to serve as an in-depth guide to what's happening in the plant-based industry around the world, what new products are coming to the market, what opportunities are opening up, and of course, who are the people driving this? Because my guests on this show are all, without exception, they're amazing at what they do, and it's an absolute privilege to be able to sit down every week and give you a look inside their minds to see what drives and inspires them. That being said, my guest today might go even beyond all those descriptions because what he's accomplished is, well, it's, it's pretty mind-boggling. His name is David Young, and he's the founder of Green Monday, which might sound familiar to you, even though they originally started in Hong Kong. But if you're thinking that Green Monday is just another iteration of the Meatless Monday movement, well, I would say that doesn't even begin to describe everything they do. But I don't want to give everything away right at the start, so I'll let David walk us through. David, welcome to the show, man. Yes, Jerry, thank you for having me, um, and thank you for doing this show, because this is a wonderful platform for a lot more people to learn about the plant-based revolution and what is happening around the world. Yeah, well, thank you for joining me. You know, I'll be honest, I was aware of Green Monday before, but until I really started researching you, I, I had no idea how huge you were and how many areas you cover. So, you know, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully this episode will do you justice and it will give a complete picture of everything you do. But before I even start asking you about Green Monday, do you mind if we spend some time talking about you? Like, I want to get a good idea of the foundation that this company is built upon. Well, not at all. And obviously, I, I, I am the founder of Green Monday. So um, a lot of what, you know, my personal experience uh, for many years uh, led to the reason why I create Green Monday the way it is today. So um, I, I became a vegetarian about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was still living in New York. Um, I, 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 I did my college and I worked many years in New York. Uh, and in 2003, 2004, I came back to Hong Kong uh, and started doing you know, frequent travel to different cities, but based in Hong Kong. But when I moved back uh, to Asia, now even obviously when I started in New York, it was not easy to be a vegetarian. Um, my personal reason of starting uh, that lifestyle is simply for compassion, you know, is give, for the reason of compassion for animals. Uh, to me, if we're going to like, you know, certain type of animals, particularly, you know, cats and dogs that we treat them basically like family members. Um, I never really got the reason why we treat the other animals differently uh, or actually in such contrasting uh, attitude and manner. So that was how I got started. Uh, but when I moved back to Asia um, in 2003, 2004, 
uh, it was a very difficult transition because being a vegetarian is just so was so difficult. Yeah. And people ask a lot of um, well, now you can call them silly questions. Um, you know, where do you get your protein? What happened to you? Uh, some, some weird questions, even like, oh, did I, did I have a breakup with my girlfriend? And I have no <laughs> idea why choosing vegetarian have anything to do with relationship. Um, but anyway, so it, it was a long journey. And, but in like 2006, 2007, I think, um, that was when I read something about the United Nations report mm-hmm. that uh, the livestock industry um, has something to do with carbon footprints. Or in fact, it is uh, one of the biggest contributors uh, and is even more severe than the whole transportation industry combined. And that was a major aha moment for me because I'm like, wait a minute. So, you know, if you say this is about uh, compassion for animals, then you can still, one can still argue this is a personal choice. But if this is related to climate and environment um, and simply the sustainability of the planet and humanity, then this become a universal problem that everyone should be aware of and we should all take action. So, yeah, so that's kind of a, a little background of, you know, why I got myself started. Now, in terms of professionally, I'm a serial um, entrepreneur. Uh, I've done startups and companies in various industries, and I'm just so into solving problems. If I see something wrong, um, I'm not the type of people who will sit back and just say, ah, you know, complain. And but at the end, just uh, let the status quo be status quo. I'm the type of people who really would say, hey, um, this is wrong and I want to create the right way to do it. So. Uh, roll up my sleeves and just get my hands dirty. So, you know, that's on the on the food side and on the career or professional side. Yeah. Was so my quick background. And that that is kind of what drives you because you're not just a serial entrepreneur and business leader. You're also an investor. You're a philanthropist and you're a published author. So you know you you are a man <laughs> of many talents. Seriously. Well. Um, I, how did that get started? I don't know. Um, you know, for, for when, you know, this is like 10 years ago, I was invited on a radio show and sharing again, why I became a vegetarian. And not long after that, I went from being a guest to become the host. So I host a radio program for seven years, uh, talking about mindfulness. And at that point, mindfulness wasn't even something that is like a buzzword or a trendy thing um but it's just something that helped me a lot so uh and then one thing led to another so uh from a from from radio host then i became an author a columnist and then an author so that's non-business but just on a culture side or you know uh or even on a little bit of the entertainment side just it and it's something that i enjoy i mean i love you know sharing uh, particularly on things that I believe are important to people and things that people should know about. So, yeah, I guess it's uh, pretty diverse, you can say. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's in a way, it's kind of all related to solving problems because if you have a system that you know works well, like mindfulness does, then again, if you're sharing that, you you are solving problem for, problems for people who will listen in and maybe apply some of that to their own lives. Yes, um, and I think it's all of the above, right? So 
being an, an uh, entrepreneur, being an investor, uh, being an, a book author, being a media person. Um, I think it's because I have I had that type of exposure, um, which is very unusual. Um, but then I start to see that if you really want to change, a, if you want to fix or do something to change the society, it must come in from so many different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, um, being an investor, you think, hey, if we deploy capital to do something, um, then something should be solved, right? But at the same time, you need to consider the culture issue. Uh, you also need to think about from an entrepreneur standpoint, you know, is this sustainable? You know, having an idea is not enough. So that's how we got to Green Monday. Uh, as I said, we encounter so many weird questions and so many obstacles in um, being a plant-based eater for so long. And that um, I start to think if we're going to create something that try to counter this problem, it cannot be one-dimensional. So as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Green Monday... Of course, the idea, first of all, is pretty obvious. We want to start a movement that everyone go plant-based um, at least one day a week. So that's hence the word Green Monday. Um, and we use this as a very good opportunity to educate people about climate change, uh, about obviously the, the lack of sustainability of the livestock industry, uh, and also how our planet is going to have you know, 9 to 10 billion in just 30 to 40 years, and that's coming very soon. So actually change must happen right now. So that's the movement, but overall in terms of the organization of Green Monday, um, from day one, I mean, when my founder Francis and I uh, sat down together to brainstorm and to, uh, to, to create the blueprint of this, um, we already said this is going to be a three pillar organization. Uh, the first one is the culture piece. So how do we educate the public and how do we change the culture? The second piece is solutions. How do we en- uh, enable and empower people to go green? Because simply by telling them the benefits of eating more plant-based, um, if they go to their local supermarket or if they go into um, the restaurant that they usually go to and the choices aren't there, then you know the change is not going to happen. So the second pillar is going to be Uh, solution-based. And then the third pillar is going to be innovation-based because we think um, the world needs so much more innovation uh, of this food world and in in terms of general lifestyle. Um, So just having our organization will not be enough to change the world. We need so many more different elements in the ecosystem. So that's how we came up with foundation, which is a not-for-profit, uh, Green Common, which is our plant-based food emporium, which is what we call solutions to make it super convenient uh, for people to go green. And then finally, Green Monday Ventures, which is our venture capital arm and also impact investment arm that would work with other companies and other entrepreneurs that are trying to do uh, you know, great work and innovation, innovative work. Uh, in order to make the ecosystem happen. So those are the three pillars. And they all go back to my experience uh, as a media person, as an entrepreneur, and as an investor. Yeah, and speaking of that, uh, when and how did you first enter the business world? What what was your first business venture? Whoa, uh, (laughs) that was 1999. Okay. Uh, And 
I graduated from college. Uh, this is not even two years, and that back then it was you know the dot com and also the software and uh, internet uh, boom, right? And so at the young age of twenty three, I already started my first software company with a very good friend of mine uh, from college, and uh, we went on to build this software company uh, and. Unfortunately, because of the bubble burst in 2000 and 2001, uh, when the market completely crashed. So our company lasts only about uh, less than 24 months. It, it was for about uh, 20 months, I think. And, uh, you know, we were expecting a certain venture capital funding. And because the market crashed, uh, so many of the capital that we expect to come in did not uh, materialized. So that was my first experience as an, as an entrepreneur. Um, at that point, it was quite a setback because we were on our way to develop something. And we thought it was, you know, really unfortunate that we were born uh, at the wrong time. But now looking back, it's a very good experience because um, it is only through failure and setback that you really grow as a person and, of course, as an entrepreneur because um, basically, the, the, the essence of entrepreneurship is you need to solve problems and you need to solve unpredictable problems. And um, you need to build yourself up to, to, brace, uh, to embrace and to work through those type of obstacles and difficulties. So that was my first experience as an entrepreneur. And, and that was, wait, that was 99 and you were 23, which would put you at 40 right now. Is that, is that right? Because did you... Looking that, at you, I figured you must be even younger than me, and then I'm 35. <laughs> well, I, I just turned 40 uh, a couple months ago. <laughs> okay. Well, not that. that that's this is the benefit. This is the benefit of eating plant-based. You yeah, know, that's so, true. Um, most of the time, I, you know, my look can uh, look younger than my actual age. So then I use that as an excuse or a good reason actually to tell people another benefit of going plant-based. So even if they are not concerned about environment, if even if they're not concerned about animals, well, you are concerned about your health and you probably are concerned about your look. So chances are, if you eat less meat, you will look better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So now you, you were talking before about sitting down with your uh, co-founder Francis in beginning Green Monday. Was there a single event that prompted you to to start this or was it just an idea that was evolving in your mind for for some time well um i got to meet francis uh and francis is a serial social entrepreneur uh and he he is really uh into the idea of using business to solve social problems um and he has done numerous startups on addressing poverty elderly and uh, other social issues. So he, um, well, he is also a vegetarian, but come from a different reason. Uh, he is a hardcore marathon runner. And, you know, many years ago, he just didn't feel, his body didn't feel right um, when he was eating too much or particularly eating too much meat. So, you know, for someone who does a lot of running, he said, I mean, is, would that be helpful to try to cut down on meat? So he experimented with himself and turned out the less meat he consumed, the faster he run. So he then really got into the vegetarian diet regime. And of course, I have been a vegetarian for a long time. So one day over the course of lunch, 
uh, we were brainstorming a lot of ideas and, you know, the topic of food, you know, came to, you know, the front and center. And that was the moment when I say, yes, you know, I have always wanted to do something related to this subject. And I think it is a very urgent and important issue, particularly in Asia, because while I start reading about these different entrepreneurs and startups um, or uh, activists uh, all around the world, uh, particularly in the US and Europe about uh, raising awareness on this issue, I've been living in Asia for all this time and no one is talking about it. Whether you are in uh, Hong Kong, in Shanghai, in Singapore. Now, these are all very, uh, you know, very commercial and very prosperous cities. Um, people are educated, but no one co- makes the connection between food and our world and sustainability. So I said, hey, you know, this is something that I've always wanted to do. So uh, let's create something. Uh, and the beautiful thing is that neither of us thinks that it is important or the right thing to do to go out and start to convert the world to become vegan. Um, we do not see this to be a binary thing. So it's not like the world should be separated into vegans and carnivores. Uh, in our mind, the key is the holistic shift of diets. So one very easy analogy to make is, uh, for, for example, like we, uh, we are Chinese families, and let's say we cook five dishes at home for dinner um, for the whole family. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, uh, you know, everyone needs to become vegan. So five out of five uh, would be plant-based dishes. To us, if we can get the whole family to cook two or three dishes out of five to be vegetarian or, or vegan, then you are essentially making the entire family 50 to 60 percent vegetarian. So we always think this is the approach to take, which is... It doesn't need to be an all or nothing, but rather um, an inclusive but holistic shift of racial on how people eat, uh, decide to choose what they eat. So that's how the name and the idea of Green Monday came about, um, which is whether that is one day a week or whether that is changing the portion or ratio of meat uh, on, in your meal or simply by cutting down the high impact uh, meat, such as particularly beef and lamb, uh, those are all ways for people to get started. First, get this habit going, get this new routine going. Um, it's kind of like working out, right? Like forget about running a marathon or 42 kilometers. First, you need to run four or even 2K uh, to start. If you never go down to start running, then for, you know we don't have to talk about the benefit of running you know, 42 or 21, but you need, you need to get people started first. So that is, those are all philosophy that we share and they turn out to be very important uh, cornerstone of this whole uh, venture and movement. Yeah, and just considering what you just told me that no one was actually talking about the importance of it, how was it when you were starting Green Monday up? Like it was you and Francis and where, where did you find the rest of your core founding team? like people who thought the same way as you? <laughs> well, um, of course, it turned out once you, you know, raise the flag, right? Once you say, hey, we are um, thinking about doing this, 
then you start to realize that there are a lot of hidden voices um, or people that also want to do something along this direction, but they were just like me and Francis that um, because no one was taking the lead that they just end up sitting in the background. But it's not like there aren't any vegetarian uh, in our world or in our in this region. It's just that these people were doing this all individually or within their small groups, and there there wasn't a platform for them to join. Uh, so when we decide the idea that hey, we are about to launch this, and we have this very ambitious goal to make this a social venture. Then all of a sudden, you know, um, now, of course, throughout the years, um, I know who the vegetarian people are in Hong Kong. So, um, you know, th those were naturally the first people that I called. And and needless to say, they were all very supportive. And they say, hey, um, we should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> Why wait until 2012? So um, so actually, by the time we said, let's do it, uh, it didn't take long for us to gather a core team. Um, as well as some very important uh, partners and uh, supporters or even ambassadors. Now, clearly, there are also celebrities uh, in our region who are vegetarian as well. And again, their voices were not heard because sim simply there wasn't a platform to let them join in. So um, we start to put together a core group of partners and uh, ambassadors and people within like three to four months. It didn't take too long. And then uh, we launched Green Monday on April 22nd in 2012. Uh, and we chose April 22nd because it's Earth Day. So we say we, one of the slogans we use for Green Monday is Earth Day every week. Um, we don't believe you can, if you really care about someone, like let, let's say Mother's Day, right? Yes, of course, uh, that day is a particular symbolic um, occasion to celebrate or to show your love. But you cannot just love your mom one day a year, right? So uh, same thing as planet Earth um, or Mother Earth. You cannot just say, oh, you know, we're going to do something for the Earth uh, one day out of the year. So um, we believe everything must be based on routine. So um, that's how Green Monday started in 2012. Yeah. And what about investors? Because this obviously it wasn't just bootstrapped, right? How did you pitch this idea to, to them? Was it also vegetarian investors? Were there any around at the time or uh, who, who backed you up? <clears throat> well, well, first of all, um, definitely this is a complete novel idea. Um, we, we were in uncharted territories um, and many people even simply questioned. It's like, what are you, you know, carbon footprint and, and uh, eating hamburger, you know, just is like foreign language to them. And doesn't it, it didn't click with a lot of people at the beginning. So from a commercial standpoint, um, we now as much as we had this idea of doing all three things, but in terms of execution, we had to do uh, them one at a time. So the first thing that we launched was the movement uh, and also the nonprofits, um, which relatively speaking, uh, cost less to start. And we didn't require it didn't require a lot of like capital investment uh, or capital expenditure. Um, it more involved, you know, getting a few working team together uh, and, and start to bring some philanthropists or charity people uh, to support our cause and say, hey, 
you know, this is our first year budget, second year budget, um, and we aim to uh, collaborate with this number of schools, this number of restaurants to change the menu um, and try to persuade them to add more plant-based choices. Now, our approach was always very capital um, efficient. So we were never into like buying billboards or you know full page ad on newspapers or magazines. Um, the way we do it is we collaborate with companies, schools, and restaurants and say, hey, you know, are you a socially responsible company or does your school care about sustainability? Now, when you post that question, you know, nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 uh, companies or schools will say, well, sure. I mean, we care about the world. We care about the society. We're a good company. So we then ask them to do something simple and um, doesn't cost them anything, which is, hey, if you have a cafeteria uh, in your company, in your school, or if you're a restaurant, um, we suggest you shift the ratio of meats and green on your menu. Now, people in your company do not need to know that, oh, we are taking meats away and everyone needs to become a vegan or vegetarian. Uh, we just say, let's say you're ordering 10 pizza and instead of ordering 10 pepperoni and sausage, can you do five mushroom uh, pizza and five pepperoni? Now, <clears throat> the people can still choose their meats, but again, the whole room uh, collectively is now eating less meat. So it was not a difficult thing for company to understand. And when we say that they can connect this to their social responsibility reports, and this is something that they can show to, if they're a listed company, they can show this to their investors, or if they are a private company, they can also show to their employees or customers that they are a good company. Um, it wasn't too difficult of a pitch. Um, and the beautiful thing is once the first restaurant chain once the first bank, once the first school uh, signed up, then it's not, it starts to snowball because the second school will be like, oh, you know, that is a green movement and we care about the world. So, and it doesn't sound like a difficult thing to do. So they would talk to their food service provider and say, we just want to shift the ratio. Again, using that uh, example, uh, changing from less, um, a lot of pepperoni pizza to more uh, vegetable base, or let's say five dish or 10 dishes on a, on, on a regular lunch, then let's reduce the meats and increase the green. So at the beginning, it was um, a little bit of bootstrap, um, but at the same time, we used the most uh, cost-effective way to, to make the movement happen. Yeah, and what, what you're describing right there is kind of like a viral way of spreading things, but on the level of businesses and establishments, not, you know person to person as it happens on Facebook or other social networks. It's more like this company, this restaurant sees the other restaurant doing this and they want to do the same. And uh, yeah, I love that. It's like, We're, yeah. Yeah, we, we, of course we use social media and of course we engage a lot of celebrities um, who have a lot of fans, uh, millions, if not tens of millions of fans. But to us, Ultimately, we cannot just aim at individuals. Um, like, for example, if we sign up a school, let's, or, or actually, let's talk about our first, the very first partner that we signed up is the number one fast food chain in Hong Kong. Um, it's, it's called CDC, uh, Cafe Decoro. And they serve 330,000 people per day. Um, so a third of a million 
customers come into their door each day. They have 150 outlets in Hong Kong. They're the number one fast food chain. Now, usually it used to be that on their menu, like 30 out of 30 choices were meat or seafood. Um, it was unbelievable. And when, you know, when people like myself went into this mainstream fast food chain, we had nothing to choose. So we start with saying, hey, you know, on Monday or multiple days a week, can you at least have two or three out of 30 to be plant-based? Now, that tiny little thing was already groundbreaking. Now, and then we start to put Green Monday uh, signage and collateral all around the restaurant or, or even on the electronic billboards. So um, the message of saying, hey, go Green Monday, you can save the world, or go Green Monday, you can reduce carbon uh, and alleviate climate change. Those type of message um, becomes everywhere in the restaurant. And even if people are still ordering a meat dish, they still cannot miss our message. So if they didn't convert their behavior today, they can do it tomorrow, they can do it next week. And sooner or later, you know, a lot of people start to know about it. The yeah. key of our approach is we want to leverage established companies and their platforms. And not just changing one person at a time, but rather 10,000, 100,000, or even in this case, 330,000 people. That's to this message. That's a great way to start, really. Just just go for the biggest player in, in the fast food market in, in Hong Kong. I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And then, like, you know, Standard Charter Bank and HSBC Bank also, also sign on. And again, each one of this bank uh, has you know, 8,000, 10,000 employees eating at their cafeteria each day. So again, we every time when we influence one company or, or one school, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 people at a time. And that to us is the fastest way to grow our exposure. Uh, so not just focus on individual one at a time. Cool. And when, when did you bring the, um, the stores in? Like your green cum and your... Um... Yes, because those are now, almost came all in, completely vegan, if if I read correctly, right? I mean, they're vegetarian, yes, but most uh, of the stuff is vegan. Yeah, ninety five percent, if not more, uh, of our products are vegan, and in terms of the restaurant, about sixty or seventy percent are vegan, and the rest are vegetarian. Yeah, I mean, so two to two and a half years into Green Monday, um, the momentum has gotten strong enough that already a lot of people in Hong Kong uh, or even abroad start to know about this movement and they're practicing it. So naturally, the next question is how? Like they, they, they got the why, they understand the benefit. The next thing is, you know, then what do I eat? How do I make sure I eat healthy? And where do I go? Now, the options, although are increasing, but there isn't a one place or one stop hub that people can go to for green food. So Green Common was our second piece. And um, our first Green Common store uh, was created, um, what, I think, last year, April of last year, 2015. So it was about a little over two years into our organization. And also at that point, um, in terms of capital, we, my partner and I, we put in the seed capital uh, and then we start to go out to look for mission-aligned people and say, hey, you know, this is not just 
about a niche group of vegetarian or vegan or hippies, but this is really becoming mainstream. And in fact, this should be the future of the food system. Now, once you not just bring people to the past, but bring people to the future and explain to them, you know, all the innovations that are happening in Silicon Valley um, and around the world, that this is becoming a trend, then people really start to pay attention. Uh, and they, have, they start to hear about companies like Beyond Meat, like Hampton Creek, like Impossible Foods, like Daya um, and Calafia Almond Milk. And these companies have all become successful on their own. And these are new age food products uh, that are taking consumers by storm. So that is when you know, the timing, we felt that the timing of Green Common uh, is right. And then, you know, in terms of consumers and in terms of partners and later on, investors start to come uh, come on board. So uh, so now we have four locations of Green Common. And most importantly, I think this is um, truly uh, special. And anyone from outside of Hong Kong, when they come to see us at Green Common, they want the first question is, when are we going to bring Green Common to their city? <laughs> because, um, you know, just people love the concept. And. Um, it's very, it's, it's very refreshing. Um, it's never the type of uh, approach that you know. Hey, you have to, you know, um, it, 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 they feel pressure to go vegan. It's, um, it's a very inclusive, very comfortable environment, uh, and uh, and we use a lot of the new ingredients um, that ne- never exist before. Use beyond meat in our uh, cuisine, in our cooking, and you know even the biggest meat eaters, you know, come in and they they have a very fulfilling and enjoyable meal. So shopping, dining, and learning, um, you know, we put all all of those components into one stop. And uh, now these locations are all at the heart of the city, are very convenient locations. Um, and this is also becoming a major catalyst to get the whole city talking about the green. Uh, movement and particularly green eating yeah and I, I have a few more questions about that but first um since you mentioned beyond meat green monday is also an investor in in that company right because that that's, that's correct yeah that's part of your venture side and that started did that start after green common um branching um, into ventures? that started after green green common although the conversation started around the same time um, but the actual investment happened after the first Green Common um, was was built. Now um, we we met Ethan Brown and uh, we met the team of Beyond Meats uh, quite a while ago. Um, I travel very frequently to the U.S. Uh, meeting with people who are active in this space, um, regardless of whether they're activists, uh, movement makers, uh, entrepreneurs, or of course investors. So. Uh, not surprisingly, Beyond Meats was a company that we got to meet very early. And they love the fact that, um, you know, we are creating this uh, platform that is so diverse um, and we set the stage for their products to shine. So, and, and of course, we are in Asia that if we indeed want to fix this global issue, um, we cannot forget Asia, where almost two-thirds of the world's population live. So, I explained to them that you know this is you know probably the definition of a strategic investor and mission aligned strategic investor, um, and there are so many things that we can 
do in a very synergistic way. So uh, it has been a wonderful relationship um, partnering uh, with Beyond Meat and um, and we're very happy to see all the exciting progress they have done um, over the last multiple years, particularly most recently with their Beyond Burger. Mm-hmm. And um, can you give us some more examples of startups that you're involved with? Right, yeah. Um, so for example, there's a company called Lighter, um, which is based mm-hmm. in Boston. And um, they are creating this um, very intelligent algorithm and platform that will facilitate people to uh, eat plant-based by letting them uh, search for the right recipe and diet that would fit their dietary needs. Because like in the past, when we say something is healthy, um, you know, let's say kale is good, uh, quinoa is good. That is, well, although that is true, but that is still a very generic, a general statement. Now, the next question people will say is, how do I cook my kale? Um, what do I do with my quinoa? And also from an individual standpoint, you know, one person uh, may need more iron, but the other person may need more vitamin B, B6 or B12. So um, in terms of recipe, in terms of ingredients, actually our dietary needs uh, are all different. Uh, and some people are allergic to this. Some people are allergic to that. So Lighter is that type of platform that, um, you know, through uh, their website or through an app, it will be very easy for you to find the right recipe um, or the right food that you should eat. Or from another point of view is, you know, doctors or nutritionists can use their platform to prescribe food to their patients rather than to prescribe medicine. Um, in the past, you know, when we say healthcare is not really healthcare, it's more like sick care. Um, you know, you get sick and they give you medicine, but rather than giving you ways to live healthier to start with. So uh, Lighter is that type of company. And again, it's an innovative uh, technology and idea that did not exist before, but it will accelerate how people can adopt a plant-based diet. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been, I'm pretty excited about what Lighter is doing as well. I mean, I've, I've been following their progress for nearly a year now because I was initially just researching the, the food apps myself and I came upon them. I think it was even before they did their their main pivot and what they're doing right now, the direction that they're taking this app is um, it's ambitious and it's really incredible. And are are you working together with them to to bring it to to your um, audience, to to people in in Asia as well? Well, now, of course, at this particular moment, um, Lighter needs to focus on the US, but down the road, I mean, that's one of the uniqueness of Green Monday Ventures is that we want to be the bridge. We want to expedite their growth into Asia um, as a company because Asia is so complicated. Um, it's not, for example, it's not like the United States that you have you know, 50 states, but at the end it's one language and one system, right? Um, in Asia, you're talking about you know what you do in Taiwan and what you do in Singapore and what you do in Korea and China and Hong Kong, you need marketing budget, you need a sales team that are localized and the, even the language is different. And of course, the legal and tax uh, and accounting system, I mean, those are all, you know, you need to customize in a local way. So everyone knows Asia is a huge market from a business standpoint and everyone needs to know changing how 
Asian people eat is important from an, an impact standpoint, but actually doing it is extremely difficult. So I'm not saying even for us, it's not easy, but at least we have a much better head start um, given our proximity to all these countries and our uh, understanding of the way they do business. So I think whether that is lighter, whether that's Beyond Meat or any company, Green Monday aims to be that bridge to help um, whoever from you know Australia, from US, from uh, Europe, from Canada to potentially bring their business to Asia. And to us, by making that happen, it means accelerating social change. Um, and we have the responsibility to make that happen. Um, but a lot of times it is because we maybe investor, we have an investor hat. So we really get to talk to the company, not just the CEO, but also the board of the company to explain to them um, how this could strategically benefit their company as well. So, um, and I think most investors would love to hear that uh, a company has an Asian angle because we all know what the business potential is on there too. So this is really the ultimate showcase or example of like a win-win-win um, for you know for the business, for the people in Asia, and also for the whole in entire ecosystem. Yeah, I think there's probably a couple more wins in in that equation as well. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, and and planet and animals. <laughs> Everything win 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 win. But um, yes, I, I think just like you said, you are really uniquely positioned right now. And I was wondering, are are you aware of any other venture firms that are kind of headed in the same direction as, as you are because I think that just like you said having a strategic partner on the ground in in the Asian region is incredibly important for for any kind of western or international brand that wants to at least have a chance of well, making a difference there well I think the one venture fund and this is a very well-known one um, because they are extremely, um, they're well back. Um, and that is called Horizons Venture. Um, Horizons is the venture arm of uh, Li Ka Sheng, who mm -hmm. is the richest uh, person uh, in Hong Kong and definitely um, one of the top richest men in, all, in, the, in the entire planet, on the entire planet, actually. So um, Horizons Venture has been very active um, in uh, looking for companies that are building innovative solutions um, in this space. So, for example, um, uh, Hampton Creek is, a, is an example. Uh, Modern Metal is another one that is doing biofabric, biofabricated leather, um, and they are backed by Horizons Venture. So uh, Horizons is definitely one of the most active uh, force in this region. But other than that, I would say in general, Asia is still a little behind in in knowing this is a space that need to be disrupted and also there are opportunities in terms of investment yeah and you know another thing i, I was really floored to find out that hong kong apparently has the highest meat consumption per capita <laughs> in the world because i i always assumed it would be i don't know argentina or brazil or even the united states wouldn't surprise me but what is it about hong kong eating habits that that causes this well, this is something that's too embarrassing to bring up, <laughs> although I have nothing to do with that. Um, but if anything, my, I have something to do with reducing that or reversing that pattern. Now, um, Hong Kong people, if you look around, uh, generally speaking, people are not obese. 
people are not uh, significantly overweight. So it it would seem like a big surprise that how could Hong Kong people eat so much meat? But what is you? Hong Kong overall is a very prosperous and one city, and people eat out a lot. So when they eat out, whether that means going to a hot pot restaurant, going to a buffet, uh, or you know going to banquets, they consume a lot more than they usually do, and most of these are meat. Uh, and besides consuming, in terms of you know really eating those uh, food products, we are also wasting a lot. Um, and this is a horrible thing um, that also is contributing to the the uh, carbon footprint and many other uh, unsustainable aspects of the planet. So Hong Kong is probably the the least of a green movement because people in general are very busy. Um, they are. They just don't have the time to think about other stuff. Uh, work is keeping everyone occupied, um, and you know pe- people have a very hustle bustle life. But exactly because of that, you know, people unconsciously start to think that hey, let's go out for big meal every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or even weeknights. You know, they um, eat out a lot, and and we eat food from all around the world. I mean, because Hong Kong doesn't have uh, a lot of farms, so. We are very, very heavily relied, uh, uh, reliant on imports. And so, yeah, Hong Kong is, the, is you know, amazingly and surprisingly uh, the number one place in terms of per capita of meat consumption. So, uh, but that is changing. Um, that is changing because now, I guess, whenever something goes such extreme um, and you bring up kind of the opposite at the beginning, you may be a, the, the very odd person out. But once people get it, then, you know, the pendulum start to swing the other way. So right now, after four years of Green Monday, first of all, uh, 22% of the entire city are now practicing at least one day a week of vegetarian diet. They're practicing it. So not just have they have heard of it or they have, you know, um, aware of it, but they are doing it. So in terms of number of vegetarian restaurants, Back in 2013, uh, we only had, I think, 140 restaurants that, uh, that are vegetarian restaurants. But today, we have over 250. So from 140 in 2013 to 250 in 2016, that shows you that the demand for uh, plant-based food is rising dramatically. And the quality, of course, is rising as well. So... Um, the pendulum, the pendulum is starting to swing the other, the other way. Yeah, and um, like like you said before earlier, um, you have people asking you when you're going to start doing something in in their city. So, are there any similar trends happening around mainland China, for instance? Like similar movements popping up um, elsewhere? Well, well, I'm sure there's some tiny, like small movements here and there, but um, unfortunately, I think at this time. The vegetarian or vegan movement uh, is virtually non-existent. I think is um, in China they are very concerned about food safety. Um, I think everyone is aware of the pollution issues, um, whether it's air, water, or soil. So um, people are very concerned about the food that they eat, but not particularly about the plant-based uh, movement. So um, there is a lot of work that needs to be done and. Um, well, we have planned to start something in China very soon, but 
But it's not going to be easy because、um, China clearly is a 1.3 billion population country,、uh, and、uh, region from region the culture is so different. So doing something in Shanghai doesn't necessarily translate into a change in Beijing or Shenzhen. So、um, it's going to take a while. But but because of the proximity effect, people in southern China that are close to Hong Kong, because by by virtue of They're more、uh, frequent travel to Hong Kong or Hong Kong people traveling to southern China.、Um, we do realize、uh, a pattern that、um, a lot of people in southern China start to know about Green Monday, and、uh, in fact, many of the consumers、um, that come to Green Common,、um, surprisingly, some of them have heard of us,、uh, even though they live in、uh, China, particularly southern China. Oh, that, that's cool, and and then. You know, recently I know that the、uh, the Chinese government put out their food policy guidelines, and they were pretty clear on getting people to eat less meat. So hopefully, things are going to start moving in in that direction for for those reasons as well. Well, yeah, I I mean that is a very good start, and I think that paved our way to go into you know again companies and schools.、Um, but at the end, solutions is very important. I I just cannot say enough that this has to be、um, you know social. Uh, Society-wise, it has to be a, a collaboration uh, among government and then、uh, business and individuals.、Um, just individuals cannot get it done. Just business cannot get it done, and just policy from government cannot get it done. We need all three because no matter what the government issue in terms of dietary guideline, but people when they when it comes to food, they want. Food that are tasty, they want food that are nutritious, and food that are affordable and convenient. So we have to really bridge that last mile、um, into their into convenient for them. So yes, the dietary guideline from the government is very helpful, but that is not going to be、um, the solve. You know, that's not going to solve all the problems. Yeah, but、uh, I think from. Your side, you, you, yeah, and you're already making huge progress on on your end. I, I would say so. I, I like where where you're headed, but、um, now we're we're already kind of stretching this interview because、um, I told you it was going to be a tough. <laughs> to, it's going to be tough to fit everything into one hour, but just you know, for for the closing, can can you tell me where where are you headed with Green Monday, and what's your vision of the future that you are building? Well,、um, at the end, we are a platform. So my ultimate vision is we catalyst the whole ecosystem to happen. So I don't want Asia or Hong Kong or the world to have just you know one David Young or one Ethan Brown or one Chris Kerr.、Uh, we need many, many more Ethans. We need many more、uh, Chris. We need more Alexis.、Uh, we need more Davids. So I think what we are doing is kind of like the The trailblazer、uh, effects of this movement, but soon after that, and it is already happening, is that we need so many more people and so many more existing companies, not just new startups, but existing companies and businesses and restaurants to change the direction、uh, of you know what they do. And and also, food is just the beginning.、Uh, Green Monday is more than just plant-based food. We are trying to ultimately become the catalyst of a sustainable world. So, from eating to living, you know, from one aspect to all aspects of green, those are my ultimate、uh, ambition and goal. 
Um, and we are not going to do it alone. We are trying to set uh, a, a trail, a path, uh, and then ultimately this becomes something that is just booming all around us. So, yeah, those would be what I hope to see, you know, in the next five years um, of Green Monday and further. And um, now collaboration definitely is key there. So as a takeaway for anyone listening with ideas of their own, what's your number one advice to green entrepreneurs or startup founders? Well, um, we are at the point where, you know, some of the ideas are already happening. So make sure not to reinvent the wheel. Um, try to leverage each other's resources as much as possible especially if we're talking about impact social entrepreneurs. Um, our goal, uh, there's no such thing called, you know, what I'm doing is more important than what you're doing. Um, it needs to be collaborative and we should leverage each other's resources as much as possible. So uh, be, as, be especially open-minded and, you know, try to really see from a big picture standpoint where you can create the most um impact and the most change like for example when i started four years ago um in hong kong it sounds such an odd thing right um no one in asia is talking about this and you know just the idea was not received well at all but exactly because of that we say hey you know this is how we can potentially create the most impact so now four years later um, we become a very instrumental and a very important voice in forcing and in making things happen. So, uh, yeah, I say any entrepreneurs trying to start um, a new business or a new idea, look at the whole ecosystem, um, see where you can generate the most impact. But at the same time, don't forget to definitely work with and collaborate with um, people in this space. I think the most beautiful thing about this space is the kinship among all the different entrepreneurs, investors, and uh, you know, and voices in this space is we are all very ready to help each other uh, and we know this is from a business standpoint there's so much that needs to be disrupted and changed that um, we we ourselves um, are not competitors we are trying to change the world out there yeah, and and this is a topic that just keeps on coming up in in these in interviews that i'm doing it's everyone is pretty much saying the same thing in different ways but yes we need to work together to to make this happen i guess if there's one more piece of advice uh, that would be with food in particular um as much as we can focus on the scientific um innovation and technology breakthrough but don't forget um that when it comes to food at the end it is about uh, you know what tastes good uh, what is affordable and what is convenient um, after all the innovation we still have to bring it to the last mile or sometimes we call it the last uh, 18 inches <laughs> to the spoon. So uh, it is different, you know, between generic, like other types of technology versus uh, food tech or uh, ag tech is because ultimately it is about, you know, feeding each person and we have a very unique emotional relationship with food. So uh, yeah, that's always an aspect that I would emphasize as well. Cool. And just for you personally, you know, as, as an investor, what makes you excited about a startup or a founder or a pitch deck? Is it mostly food industry or what? what's your favorite kind yeah. of company that you want to back? Well, 
of course, food. Now we do not folk, we do not only invest in food or beverage companies. We also, as, as I said, if it is related to green and green lifestyle, um, that would fall under our mandate as well. But food is a majority of what we do. Um, and what gets me most excited, um, obviously, ideas and products that are, you know, innovative, and we know that the market is uh, is. Uh, sorely missing, so that that's number one. But two, it has to be the people, and the ideal mix is they have passion and uh, you know dedication, but at the same time experience or a team um, with you know a collection of people that on one hand you know have experience with this industry, but on the other hand uh, have the passion and drive to make it happen. So um, people and idea, you know, just like any company or any startup. Those are what get us most excited, um, and I d also if we can if we can find the most synergistic value between us and them, uh, and they can leverage our platform to accelerate their growth into Asia, um, that would be bonus points because um, ultimately we are about uh, making change happen. Yeah, awesome. Now, finally, um, how can people find out more about Green Monday and get involved both in Hong Kong and internationally if they want to work with well, you or um, start something? Our website is greenmonday.org, and um, and anyone can find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and uh, it should be quite easy. But greenmonday.org and also our Facebook, those are the easiest way to get in touch with us. Uh, and we are growing the movement internationally. Um, the Green Monday movement is now in 18 countries, uh, in thousands of uh, universities, schools, and corporations. So um, that's the amazing viralness of this is it it is universal these two words green monday are uh, language agnostic culture agnostic anyone from any age group any gender can start green monday now um, so yes i mean definitely please get in touch with us and look us up on uh, on our website or on any of the social media cool okay well david i i know we just scratched the surface here so if you're up to it, I would really love to have you on at some point in the future. So maybe we can go into more detail about just a couple topics instead of going really broad, but, but shallow and just give people what they're most interested about. But for now, thank you so much for joining me today on the show and sharing all your knowledge. Well, thank you for having me. And, uh, Definitely, again, congratulations on creating this show and this platform because I think this will really catalyst a lot more people to think about getting into this space and um, make uh, advancement that is much needed uh, in our planet. So thank you. Oh, no, that that's the idea that I'm, I'm working towards. So yeah, thank you for, for also seeing the potential. All yeah. right. So, um, well, look forward to the next time. Oh, absolutely. We definitely have to repeat this. Cool. Talk soon, David. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So that was David Young of Green Monday on episode 11 of the Plan-Based Entrepreneur Show. And I hope that in the near future, I can bring you even more guests like him to give a better view of what is happening in his part of the world. Because just like David mentioned, nearly two-thirds of the planet's population live in Asia. So whatever happens there in terms of food choices is going to have a massive influence on the planet. And speaking of that, there's also another thing that is kind of constantly present in the idea of Green Monday. 
and that's food security. And I have to admit that up until now, whenever I was describing veganism to someone, I was mostly talking about the three main pillars. Those, of course, being health, the environment and animal welfare. But however you look at it, we live in a world that's already gone past the point of sustainability. And this is something that can't be put off. We need to start fixing it right now. So I'm going to be making that a much more prominent part of my explanation from now on. And I suggest if you're talking to anyone about the whole plant-based lifestyle and the reasons behind it, I think food security is just such a huge issue that most people should be able to relate to it. Now, if you want to find out more about any of the companies or people that we mentioned today, you can find all the show notes at theplantbasedentrepreneur.com slash show slash episode 011. And for subscribing to future episodes, I'd love to see you on our email list or among our Twitter followers. So you can reach out directly on jerry at theplantbasedentrepreneur.com or on Twitter at pbentrepreneur. I'll talk to you again next week. Until then, stay awesome. And if you have a plant-based idea that you think will make the future a better place, go start today.